0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, depending on when you're listening. Welcome back to Spiritual Soldiers, Warriors of Christ podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be going over Psalms 46, and I pray that this is an encouragement to you. You know, let's reflect on what God has done, the works of the Lord that it says in this psalm. You know, we talk about God's works, what he's done, who he is, who we are to him through Christ uh, let's go ahead and begin if you have your Bibles or if you want to just listen as I read it. you know, Follow along and pay attention. Psalms 46, beginning in verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear that the earth be removed and that the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. By the way, Selah means... It's a point to reflect, to stop and reflect on what's been written, what's been read, what what God is speaking to you. Verse 4. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The earth of the... Excuse me. Verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder, he burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. And again, that word Selah means it's a point to stop and reflect. You know, this psalm really doesn't tell us who, who wrote the psalm, but you know, as we, we read in the beginning of it, it, it the, the description is to the chief musicians of the sons of Korah and the song of Almoth, which Almoth is sung in a soprano, maybe female voices or whatever. But this psalm really doesn't tell us who wrote the psalm. Uh, many say that David, David may have wrote it, but notice the sons of Korah. Korah was the nephew of Moses. Uh, in Numbers 16, we read that Korah led a revolt against Moses and Aaron. You know, Korah, like I said, was he's the nephew of Moses. And in verses 32 through 33 of number 16, God opened the earth, and he swallowed up those that were in the, uh, involved in the revolt. And in verse 35 of number 16, God sent fire and consumed 250 men that were also involved. So Moses may have written this psalm as a reminder of God's protection, his power, and how God is an ever-present help in our trouble. But even if David wrote this psalm, you know, he is a warrior king who at many times was surrounded by enemies who wanted to kill him and take down the nation to take him off the throne. But he trusted in God, who was his deliverer and help helper. You know, and here's a piece of history that's kind of Close to what's happening now with this COVID, with this pandemic. You know, people don't know. People are in fear. Uh, but here's a little piece of history of something close to what's happening now. You know, Martin Luther, the man who nailed his 95 Theses to the door of Wittenberg Castle Church on October 31st, 1517. You know, who wrote a hymn as a result of this psalm and how it impacted his own life. During the buponic plague in Germany, despite many telling him to leave, Martin Luther decided to stay and minister to the people. His own son almost died from it, from this this bubonic plague, and he was concerned for his wife who was pregnant. And in the midst of all this suffering, he meditated on this psalm and he wrote the hymn "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God," the first two lines of which read, "A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, our helper He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing." A bulwark or however you pronounce it is a German word that I really don't know how to pronounce but it's a defensive wall God is indeed the mighty fortress that cannot be penetrated he is the great wall that cannot be gotten through or torn down well anyway let's get let's get into this psalm, the Psalm 46 and again I pray God encourages you through it and and please pay attention and you know, follow along uh, have an open mind you know keep your mind open to what God is trying to speak to you okay so here we go Psalm 46 verse 1 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble God is our refuge our shelter an impenetrable fortress and we put our trust and faith in him when we run to him then anything or anyone that is against us must remain outside we find comfort rest and strength for our lives in God who is our refuge our shelter nothing can touch us other than that of course what God allows that has a design purpose for a greater good in us and through us now we see he's a, a present help that term help in Hebrew is Ezra which means helper and supporter meaning God is present to support us provide for us aid us protect us and comfort us He is always on side actively involved to help us for he never sleeps never slumbers and nothing can get to you without him seeing it first nothing catches god god off guard verses two and three therefore will not we fear that the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea that the waters thereof roar and be troubled though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof Selah. <laughs> now again when we see that word "selah," is a point to stop and reflect on what has just been said what, what you just read what what has been written. You know, and in these verses, I mean, this is speaking of a national crisis. We can even dare to say in the light of the wording, this this could also be speaking of what is going to take place in the last days. Great persecution is going to come upon God's people. We who are in Christ and call ourselves his disciples. You know, in the book of Revelation, seek and refer to a nation or a great number of people. And here in verse three, it says, though the waters roar and be troubled, You know, during the last days, a great number of people are going to roar and be troubled. I mean, look at the roaring of people now who are very, very troubled. Right in the middle of this thing. I mean, they're consumed with fear and they're troubled. But even in the middle of all this, we should not fear because God is with us. He is our refuge, our shelter, our high tower. And when these things take place, I mean, whether literal, literally, or in the form of spiritual battles now, that we face now, we can stand on the promises that God is our refuge. We are in his hand. He will protect us. And just like we read in Romans 8:38 through 39, neither death nor life, chaos, angels, demons, people, nothing, can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I mean, if the waters rise or oceans roar, if mountains fall to the ground or valleys shake beneath our feet, if anyone or even nations rage against us, we can still stand on the promises of God who is forever with us and for us, and we we shall not fear. We should not fear. You know, we were bought and made children of God through the blood of Christ. We should not fear or stand down for God is our strength. Our power and God is for us so what can those against us hope to accomplish when the master of the universe the creator of all things the God of power the God of promise fights with us and for us we are more than conquerors through him who loved us Isaiah 41 10 fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness in verse 13 of Isaiah 41, for, the, for I, the Lord, thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. God will help us. He will help you. Whatever you face, he's going to help you. He's going to get you through it. In verse 4 of, of Psalms 46, There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. You know, Jerusalem is not known for major water sources. You got the Gion spring is is its only source of water inside Jerusalem during biblical times. So there's no river running through Jerusalem. The Jordan River is over 50 miles away, and the Kishon River is over 40 miles away. So what is this river? What's this speaking of? You know, we read in Genesis 2, 10 through 14, there's a river that's coming out of Eden, and it's divided into four streams. In Revelation 21 and 22, we see New Jerusalem coming down, the tabernacle of God, and a pure river of water of life that comes from the throne of God and of the Lamb. You know, This pure river will flow from the throne of God and of Christ, and all who has put their faith in Christ will be made glad in this city, in this New Jerusalem that's going to come down, that God's going to establish on the earth in the tabernacle of the Most High God. God himself will wipe away our tears and we will rejoice in the presence of our Lord who is also the light of the city. There's no sun because Christ is the light. But this happens in the future. You know, what about now? You know, right now the river of God comes through the Holy Spirit and it flows into us and it makes us glad. It gives us peace even in the midst of great trouble. You know, find comfort in this. Verse 5. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the term her is used here to speak of God's people. You know, through, through faith in Christ, we are made God's people, adopted into his kingdom, his family. I mean, grasp that for a moment. You are God's child. You are a part of his family. He didn't just cast us out. He didn't put us in a neutral place, but he made us his family. You know, and the kingdom of God, the family, Christ's church cannot be moved and nothing can overtake her. There is no end to it. Christ said that even the gates of hell will not overcome the church, his church. You know, God is right in the midst of her. He's in the midst of us and his Holy Spirit dwells in us and helps us. We are in Christ and through him we are immovable and upheld. Even under the strongest attack, we will not be moved or overthrown. I mean, we may feel pressured and overwhelmed at times, but we will not collapse, for we are anchored to God. And if He cannot be moved, then neither shall we. God shall help her, and that right early, meaning early in the morning when the people of God are most vulnerable, or at any time you feel vulnerable, maybe to the point of giving up or giving in due to attacks at our weakest times, it's a promise, God will help you. Grasp that. Please grasp that. God will help you. You are not alone. In verse 6 and 7, the heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Take a moment. Again, the point to reflect on what's just been said, what you've just heard, what God has been speaking into you, what's been written in this psalm. It's powerful stuff. Hmm. And grasp it now. I mean, uh, you know, and we as disciples, we are not excluded from trouble. The heathen rage; those who do not acknowledge God. People are great powers who are trying to do tremendous damage to God's people. You know, there, there's coming a time that government may ban the Bible. You know, it may take our freedom as Christians to gather together. And they have they banned the Bible. They banned people gathering together as Christians in other countries. You know, they may do that here in America. And one day we may be called traitors because we're, we'll speak against the evil. You know, that they're bringing upon the nation or upon people. But when all this takes place, God will defend us. He will protect us. But even if he allows us to die, we'll still be better off because we'll be with him. But just remember, God will pay back every wrong. Listen god uttered his voice and the earth melted all god has to do is speak and everything against you will melt away but he does allow that which is designed to grow us to teach us and to conform us to the image of christ but in the last days god will speak against every evil evil thing every heathen and every wicked nation and the earth will melt i mean we read in 2 Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. In the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Nothing's going to go unpunished. God will pull us out of this world when he sends Christ back to gather us. Before he pours his wrath out on this world. He will remove us. We are going to face tribulation. But through that tribulation, God will help us, he will guide us, he will protect us, he will comfort us and give us peace and strength to make it and endure and persevere through it. But he will pull us out before he pours out his wrath. He will send Christ to gather us and he will raise his voice against all wickedness and this earth will melt and all the works of evil will be burned up with it. You know, in verse seven, the Lord of hosts the Almighty God is forever with us and for us. He is indeed our protector, our refuge, our shelter, and our mighty fortress that no one can penetrate. He is impenetrable. Oh. Verse 8 and 9. And come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease upon the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow. He cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot and the fire. I mean, from this... The people of God were under attack by a great enemy. God intervened on their behalf and he's devastated the enemy. And he gave his people the victory. A victory they couldn't have won on their own. You know, we read of many accounts in the Old Testament where God laid waste to the enemy and gave Israel the victory. In 2 Kings 1935, we read of just one angel killing 185,000 soldiers. We must consider the works of God. And by looking at his works, we can take comfort that God will fight on our behalf. And we can have the victory over all that attacks us. Through Christ, we will overcome the enemy. Overcome any foe, any attack. And overcome the world for Christ overcame. God works in our lives. And he is a constant presence. He fights for us. Even when we can't see it, he lays waste the weapons of the enemy. You know, it's written in Isaiah 55, or excuse me, Isaiah fifty four seventeen that no weapon formed against us will prosper why because God our God is greater than any weapon or force that comes against us God goes to war for you and destroys the works of the enemy that you may never even know until Christ returns you may not even know the things that he saved you from or is fighting on your behalf you won't know until Christ rec- comes back <laughs> me think of this in a kingdom if a citizen of that kingdom is attacked it's an attack on the king just like God's kingdom in which we are citizens we are children of God we are citizens of the kingdom of God and if we are attacked it is an attack on God and being that God made his son Jesus Christ king of kings and lord of lords it is an attack on Christ but God will judge the world through Christ and Christ will execute that judgment to the glory of the father oh Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, cease, stop and know that God is indeed God. Steal your mind of concerns, worries, all your face, and all you're going through. And just know that our father in heaven is God. He holds you. He sees you. He works on your behalf. And even if your grip slips off of him, he is still holding on to you. You know, stop fighting against things you can't control. Stop fighting against people, against denominations. Stop fighting to obtain something God doesn't want for you. Stop fighting to achieve recognition among yours you know, among people, and stop trying to take matters into your own hands. Just stop it. Be still and know that he is God. Know him personally. Know he's in control and trust him to do what needs to be done and do all that is necessary to accomplish his will. And that term Be still is also to the wicked, to the heathen of the world, to the evil, evil. God tells them, be still, stop coming up against me and know that I am God before I come up against you. He will be over them and ultimately defeat them. You know, in the last days, all, all means all, all will exalt him. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth, whether big, great, small, powerful, people in power, people in wherever, they will exalt him. Romans fourteen eleven says that for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Philippians two, ten through eleven says that every knee shall every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Christ Jesus is Lord, and it will be to the glory of God. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Take a moment and reflect on what's been said. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our fortress, our mighty fortress that is impenetrable. We are safe in him. We we have our strength in him. He is our power, our strength, our comfort. He is our great God. When the Lord of hosts is with us, the Lord of hosts. That Yahweh Sabaoth the Lord of angelic armies, speaks of God's military power in his mind. He is our warrior God who is always with us and who fights for us. He is the commander of his heavenly armies. And like we just said, if he's a, a heavenly armies, legions of angels, and just think one angel killed 185,000 men in one night. So if you have heavenly armies, on your side that fights for you then you're good you're in good hands and you know, when the enemy surrounds us when powers principalities darkness and evil forces seem to be so great and encircle us circle around us know that God's army will surround them in second Kings 6:16, 6, Elisha you know he told his servant to fear not for they that are with us meaning the army of God are more than they that are with them meaning the army of the enemy so there are more for you than those who are against you. You know, it's, all, it's written in 1 John 4, 4, that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God is with us and he is far greater than anything. Therefore, you have nothing or no one to fear other than God. And the fear of God is, you know, for his children that is, you know, not for the wicked or those that don't believe in him or place their faith in Christ. You know, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. But the fear of god for his children it's not being terrified of him but having a reverence for him a reverence towards him to honor him to have a deep respect for him to adore him and admire him not only for you know all he's done but for who he is He is our refuge our shelter our fortress that cannot be penetrated or overtaken we are safe in him we were bought with the price the blood of christ and through our faith in him we belong to God. He will protect us, His children. He will cover us, provide for us. And we find refuge in God. He will care for us. And he, be, he is forever with us in the good times or in the darkest times we could ever face. He is the God of promise. He will never leave us stuck or abandon us, abandon us in the darkest moments of our lives. Trust that he will always make a way when there seems to be no hope of escape. Our hope is in God and his son. He is always with us. For we are made a part of his family through Christ. Who or what shall we fear when we are held by God? When we we have the God of the universe, the one who spoke things into existence, the God of power. We are held by him and we are held by his son, Jesus Christ. Christ so who or what shall we fear the answer is we shall fear no one and fear nothing nothing can separate us from God you know again Romans 8 38 through 39 be persuaded that not death not life not principalities not powers not things above not things below not things to come not things now can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And there it is. Selah. Stop for a moment and reflect on all that's been said. Go back and reread this psalm and reflect on what God has said to you in this psalm, in this podcast. Things that I didn't say but God may have said to you. Reflect on it. Reflect on who you are to him through Christ. Reflect on who you are in Christ through Christ you are a son or a daughter of the most high God who is also your father this is powerful stuff this is out of 190 psalms I can't pick my favorite psalm but this is among them this is among my top five I love this psalm it's a great encouragement and I pray that this is an encouragement to you when oh, and I pray uh, thank you Thank you for, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You know, I pray that God encourages you. I pray that He helps you. I pray that He challenges you to go deeper into His Word, and to know more of who He is, and more of who you are to Him through His Son. You know, and I pray that God blesses you. I pray that, He He just blesses you with a deeper knowledge of who He is. <clears throat> and I, may God richly bless you and may the grace and mercy of christ jesus the lord be with you always